Hi, we're the Mind-Body Couple. I'm Tanner Murtaugh. And I'm Anne Hampson. And this podcast is dedicated to helping you unlearn neuroplastic pain and mind-body concerns. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome back, everybody. It's uh, the holidays. The holidays are over. Yes, we are at the tail end of the holidays. Um, We're recording this right now on January 1st. And so happy New Year's to everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think we're glad that we've made it through. Made it through. It's it's young (laughs) kids. It's exhausting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, everything went well, but I think we're pretty, we're pretty tired out at this point. Yeah, we have a lot going on in our lives. Currently, hopefully this podcast sounds okay. Yeah, right now we're in our basement um, amongst many renovations with our three cats literally roaming around us and all our equipment and our dog angrily trying to get in. Um, and our kids hopefully sleeping upstairs. Yeah. So we apologize for any strange noises that might come through. Yeah, there's going to be some weird ones right now. Mm-hmm. Our cat Harry's rubbing our legs. It's, yes. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty wild. Yes. But here we are. And we missed last <laughs> week because it was the holidays. So mm-hmm. I feel like that might speak to a lot of people's holidays of like, just kind of, this is where we're at right now. And yeah. we need to accept things <laughs> yeah. for the way they are. I'm super excited tomorrow for life to go back to normal a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, so our podcast today, eight changes to make in the new year to heal from chronic pain and symptoms. Yeah, and it seems fitting, especially, you know, starting this new year to start thinking ahead of like, okay, what do we want this year to be like? Yeah, and I don't, I don't particularly love New Year's resolutions Mm. just because they don't typically work. What I find people do, and myself included, and Anne knows this from experience, <laughs> people are like intense where they're like, I'm going to do this. Right. Make a new goal. Even yesterday, I caught myself doing this. And while you were napping, I was watching a documentary on uh, centurions. Right. Like people that live to 100 or over. <laughs> and there's like hot spots of like, you know, clusters of populations that really just have more people that live to 100. But I got it in my mind where I was like, okay, I got to be intense. Like I got intense about, you know, the health goals. The <laughs> Your plans <laughs> to live to 100? Yeah, my plans to live to 100. Um, based on, you know, the first 30 years of my life, I got a lot of relaxation time to catch up on here. But, but it's so quick to take place for people where they have these intense New Year's resolutions. Yeah. And then when they fall apart, people feel awful and shameful. That's so funny because I'm a, I am quite like New Year's resolutions. <laughs> Different, <you're the> <laughs> um, yeah, which is interesting. And I've, I've made a couple, but I don't react the same as you do with no. that intensity. I do react with like intention and purpose and I want to, you know, work on it and hold myself accountable. But I don't get to this intensity as you describe. Maybe there's yeah. a difference in terms of having a balance. I think that's the case. And for a lot of people with neuroplastic pain and symptoms, myself yeah. included, we can be so high pressure. Yes. And then so self-critical. Mm-hmm. So 
I made this list keeping that in mind. Yeah. I almost used myself as a guinea pig. Where I'm like, <laughs> so, you know, eight changes to make to heal from chronic pain and symptoms in the new year. Yeah. And these are eight changes that, you know, I want everyone to make. I want everyone to, you know, pick a few. You don't have to do all eight. But also watch the intensity. Yeah. So it's a bit of a balancing act. Yeah, totally. And maybe that's, you know... With these eight changes, the an, another hidden goal is with balance and remembering, okay, I'm going to do this with a hint of balance and without intensity. Yeah. So let's get into this list. All right. Number one, be nervous system focused. Mm-hmm. What do you mean by that, Tanner? Why is that important? So as we understand that... A lot of chronic pain and symptoms are due to the brain and nervous system yeah. being stuck in survival mode. And so sometimes people aren't very nervous system focused. And what I mean by this is they don't understand their nervous system. They haven't mapped it out a bit because that's important too, like mapping out, like what does my nervous system look like in the different states? And we have a whole polyvagal episode people can go and check out. But that's a really important aspect of this. Yeah. And one thing I want to highlight, like if anybody is listening to this and they're panicking a little bit um, about like, oh my gosh, I haven't been focusing on the nervous system. I think most of the work we do does make a focus on the nervous system, um, whether we realize it or not. So I, I really want to highlight, you probably have been impacting the nervous system if you've been doing mind-body work for a little while. Um, by having this focus and this knowledge of the nervous system to go with it is important. Yeah. And just the awareness of what your nervous system is doing throughout the day is really vital. And then you can start to use somatic practices Mm. and cues of safety to your nervous system. We have so much content on our YouTube channel for people to check out that's completely free that can be really helpful to get people moving with things. For sure. Currently, as we're explaining this list, <laughs> our cat Harry is just being a little nightmare. He's, our nervous systems is like just freaking out right now because Harry trying. is climbing basically on top of our microphone uh, right now and causing chaos. Yeah. Hopefully, you don't hear him. There's, we have a, you know, people can't see her. Yeah. It's a podcast, but we have like a shield <laughs> to like block sound around the mic. And he's like rubbing his face on it. Like, here we go. <laughs> Talking about relaxed nervous systems, though, I think we mentioned that Harry is our most relaxed uh, cat of all of our cats. Yeah. Um, and I guess to take a cue from him, he's like, whatever. <laughs> Maybe yeah. we need to be the same. You gotta be, you gotta be more like Harry. Be more that's, like Harry. That's definitely the case. <laughs> he is just never in fight or flight. No, <laughs> not really. Cause that's number one. Number two, breath work. Okay, and what do you mean by breath work? And what this means is you're voluntarily controlling your breathing. Okay, would that be like diving into deep breathing, controlled breathing? Yeah, it could be all sorts of things. Like I have a number of like breathing practices on the YouTube channel that people can just go and try. Mm. But there's certain ways we can breathe that can actually really regulate our system. And I did some research on Google. Good job. You, I know, thank you. <laughs> We take an average of 
23,000 to 28,000 breaths a day. Oh my God. This, I don't know if this is good. This feels like a rabbit hole kind of research. I know, I know. I, just, you know I, I dove in. But <laughs> what happens to people a lot, and there's even research to show when someone goes to send an email, their breathing starts to get really rapid. Yes. So it's all these little moments that, that start to add up to us feeling very dysregulated and it can worsen our chronic pain and symptoms. Totally. And just having that awareness around what you highlighted, Tanner, like when our breath speeds up, um, how much we're kind of a bit more on high alert throughout our day is really important because those are cues then to maybe do the breath work or slow <laughs> down. Um, and every time I talk to people about this, they're quite surprised of how rapid their breathing throughout their day without even like yeah. originally noticing it yeah so the awareness is key at first yeah and then you can gain more control over your breathing mm -hmm. which is going to help you be more regulated yes the one key that i'll tell people here is that if you're in sympathetic fight or flight or if you're in a dorsal vagal shutdown state the key to the breathing is the exhale needs to be longer. Yeah. If you remember anything else, that's the key. Once you're in ventral and you're safe and connected, it can be equal. Inhale, exhale. Yeah. And you can maintain that. But we got to slow down the exhale when we're actually feeling dysregulated. Yeah, for sure. That's really important to have that slow. Okay, number three. Slow down. Slow down. So, and breath work is helpful with that. It naturally yeah. forces us to slow in that moment or those couple yeah. of minutes. And even our first item on the list, be nervous system focused. Yeah. The way you know you need to slow down is you have awareness of your nervous system. Yes. And for myself, I used to be so bad at this. Yes. Like, you know this from experience. I just fail at this hard like I, I really is a hard thing for me to do well I think something for you Tanner um, and maybe you're just going to say this but that was challenging for you was the narrative that you had behind slowing down it was like like it's wrong it's bad like yeah. you're a failure like you had all this there narrative was this around it very like perfectionistic mm -hmm. self-critical yeah and my nervous system was so used to that and mm -hmm. it was convinced that that's what was keeping me safe. Yes. So giving my my brain and nervous system new experiences where I actually slowed down was vital. Well, and I think that's what can make this slowing down really hard because there's the narrative and all the beliefs behind it. But then there's also the body is so used to living in that sympathetic yeah. state as well. Yeah, it feels so uncomfortable for someone who's been in fight or flight for 20, 30 years. Yeah. And I've experienced that with people where they're all of a sudden slowed down and calm. Mm -hmm. And then like it panic hits like right after because it's yeah. such an unfamiliar experience. Even that documentary, I love how I'm talking about this documentary. <laughs> okay. But that was me slowing down. Ah, if the kids, good. like it used to be like when our kids were napping or I had any spare moment, I was jamming things in. Mm -hmm. I just like picked a random documentary and started watching it and mm -hmm. hung out on the couch. Which is true. And it's, I realized Tanner's right. Like it's still hard for him. I, I was out and I came, or was I napping or where was I? Whatever. You're, I was somewhere. You Casper the horse. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was out with the horse, um, tending on my 
my nervous system. Um, and then I came, that's right, I came back and Tanner was like, I, I threw work to the wayside and I, I watched this documentary and I was like almost surprised. I was like, wow. <laughs> I know. You actually slow down. And if, so it's still challenging. Yeah. And if I look back on this year, because I think it's also important to reflect on like mm-hmm. you know, where the changes, I am much less often in fight or flight. Yes. And as like someone, as your partner and someone in your life, I've definitely noticed that uh, as well with you. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a huge thing is like, even if your pain or symptoms go away, there's still more work to do. Yeah. Myself included. I haven't had chronic pain in many years, Mm -hmm. but there's still, I'm working away at things and it becomes so much more than about like reducing the symptoms anymore. Yeah. And we don't want anyone to hear that and feel hopeless of like, Oh, I always have to work on this, but we want like a, like the send a realistic message that this is kind of about a lifestyle change, um, a way of being a way of approaching maybe the world and our, our health and our bodies, right. That needs to kind of continue on. Yeah. Number four, mm-hmm. co-regulate. Yes, and I know we mentioned previously when we talked about co-regulation that that yep. can be hard if we feel like we, we don't have people to co-regulate mm-hmm. with. Yeah, and I get lots of comments on our social media um, with people with just certain life circumstances where mm-hmm. it's really difficult, and we know we're very privileged mm-hmm. in, in this way Yeah, uh, to have each other, our kids, five animals um many that we don't want yeah. to co-regulate but you, with all let's the time. let's honor this for a second here you know in terms of co-regulation we've really upped our ante over the last you know, over 2023 we got another cat oh like our pet adoption. and we got a dog <laughs> have we ex- i feel like we haven't explained how that happened we really were just looking for free activities, which was visiting the Humane Society. No, don't don't say we. Don't say we. This is <laughs> Look, the Humane Society cost. was open early in the morning, and other people with kids will understand, of like, where do I go in the city for free? Walking around the Humane Society. I'm just saying that's how we got lots of pets. I know. Yeah. And, and now you're banned from going there. <laughs> but anyways, co-regulation. Yeah. It's it's so important because a lot of stuff we talk about here, when you go to therapy, of course, you're co-regulating with your therapist. It's mm-hmm. partly why therapy is helpful. Yeah. But a lot of it's about building self-regulation ability. Yes. But don't lose sight on this. And even if you're in a position where you don't have many people or animals to co-regulate, it's also about looking forward like, okay, what do I need to include in my life? for this to look in this way. Like for myself, I think about this really actively because otherwise I don't do it. I know this about myself. And this is another one like with slowing down, they're actually equally as hard for me where I have to really intentionally think about, okay, like, you know, I have three main friends and I like try to call them and I make time to do that. Because I know that that's important for my long-term kind of nervous system well-being. And so I think people kind of keep that in mind as you're building out your life over this next year. Yeah. Number five, move your body. Yes. And and it can be little movements, big movements, planned movements. Yeah. Yeah. 
But we need to do this. So many people with chronic pain and symptoms, and I relate to anyone listening that is almost no movement in their life. I was in that position. I wasn't moving at all. Yeah. And in order for our healing to progress, we got to move the body. Yes. And that's scary, as we've said before, but it's just these small actions you're moving in that direction. And it can start like we want that safe and corrective experience. So it can start with a movement that feels manageable at this time. So whether that's a slight movement, you know, for 30 seconds, great. That's a start. And then you move more and do a little bit more and keep kind of moving forward that way. Yeah. It's, it really is vital. Um, And I've seen it hold up so many people. Yeah. Where they're doing everything else, but they're not making the steps of actually moving their body more. Yeah. Because that's how you teach your brain that your body's actually safe. Yeah. And we, and that's what we want. We want the brain to learn, okay, there's nothing, you know, there's nothing wrong with my body. I am okay. Yeah. Number six, set boundaries. Uh For any of our people pleasers out there, (laughs) this one's for you. This is myself included. You got to set boundaries. Yeah. And if you're looking back on your holiday season, and it was chaotic because there was a lack of boundaries. Okay. That's good for you to know, right? Totally and that's good, good. learning. Yeah. And that's something that, like, how can you build that out? Uh, and that could be with anything. That could be with work. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's self-boundaries. Like, when we say boundaries, that people think, like, person to person. But that's not necessarily the case either. Even with myself, I know I'll just work. And so I need to set boundaries mm-hmm. in that way as well. It's not just with other people. Yeah, I'm totally looking at Tana right now, shaking my head, yes. Because this is <laughs> one he struggles with that I try to hold him accountable for, um, which isn't always helpful or it doesn't always yeah. work. But I'm glad to hear that he's trying to set that goal himself. Yeah, and it's about forming a life that sends safety to your system. Yeah. And so it's important at the beginning of the year, like if you want to make a resolution, I know Ant likes resolutions <laughs> and I don't, but it's how can you form a life that's going to naturally send cues of safety? Yeah. That's going to naturally do that. You don't need to, you know, do every single technique we've ever discussed on this podcast. It's like, how can you actually form a life that's going to send cues of safety? And part of that equation is setting boundaries for yourself. Um, at work, at home, with friends, whatever it is. Number seven, don't force yourself to feel a certain way. So when it comes to like nervous system regulation, what about like when we're noticing we're really in that sympathetic state, we're trying to move into eventual, how does this apply to that? Mm-hmm. Really, it's something that people get caught on a lot because we talk about whenever anyone talks about nervous system regulation, we talk about calmness, about ease. These are all important things. Even before this, I did breathing, a breath work session for 15 minutes, but I was also feeling really stressed Mm -hmm. and I allowed myself to feel that. So I think it's important that you can provide cues of safety to your system But what I see people get caught up in is they're trying to force themselves to be calm all the time. Yes. And that's not what a regulated nervous system is. As Deb Dana talks about, a regulated system is a flexible system. 
So you can go into fight or flight, or you can go into shutdown, and you can move back out with ease. Right. I talk to people about kind of finding it, like when we use that word balance, kind of the same of allowing space for the negative emotion or the stressed emotion yeah. or whatever that might be, and then maybe shifting. Yeah. Um, but I think you're talking about not just running like over the emotion or avoiding the emotion. Exactly. What I've seen people fall into, and I've fallen into it too in the past, is like toxic positivity. Mm-hmm. And what happens is people are like trying to be positive all the time. Yeah. But then when they feel something bad, they just try and up the ante and like force themselves to be calm. But you might actually need to feel that. Right. And it doesn't mean, you know, we can't try to have like a positive spin on things or change our perception but we want to honor whatever those emotions are and kind of give them their due time exactly and this is really vital suppressing your emotions resisting them is not going to make you more regulated long term so allow yourself to feel how you feel throughout the day Mm -hmm. number eight Commit to using a mind-body approach for your chronic pain or symptoms on a daily basis. Yes. I like this one because sometimes, um, you know, it can be on a weekly basis. Sometimes it can be once in a while. Um, But Tanner knows me. I think a big key in this is consistency. Yeah. yeah. And love is the word. (laughs) I love consistency. Whenever it comes up, I'm like, oh, it's my favorite topic. Months ago, like when Anne was making like... (laughs) I think hey, it, I was some at, people like that. I know, but I was having Anne make some reels <gasps> for for Instagram. And one day I like was going through the reels that she had done, and like the last four were all about consistency. <laughs> like just over and over. I was into it at that point. <laughs> you were just like yeah. so into and here's the thing, we don't want people to be intense. No. Because yeah. there's two things again, that can take balance, place here. Balance, yeah. Again. When people are more in that fight-or-flight sympathetic mode, they lean towards the intensity a bit more. Mm. For people that are more in, like, dorsal vagal shutdown, consistency can be really important. Mm -hmm. Because when we're in that place of despair and hopelessness... Sorry, there's, like, noises happening in our basement We're in our basement. (laughs) (laughs) We're doing the best we can. But it's important to know where you're at. And you might be shifting between sympathetic and dorsal. Yes. But watch the intensity... But also be committed. Don't just uh, try to... I like that. Like, it, yeah. It, instead of consistency or intense, just committed. Just committed. And it's important to know that what we're talking about here, the, the treatment for chronic pain and symptoms that we provide, this is not like going to the chiropractor mm-hmm. or going to the physiotherapist and doing your exercises for a month and moving on. That's not yeah. that's not gonna be the case here. And so it's it's really important that it's a lifestyle change, as you said earlier. Yeah. It is a lifestyle change. Um, and it it is work. It's yeah. it's really hard work, if I'm honest with myself. And so be gentle with yourself since you're doing this, mm-hmm. but just make a commitment to at least doing like one practice a day. Mm-hmm. And then um, but also a practice that feels right for you. Um, like Tanner said, you don't have to do every skill and every technique that you read about or that we talk about. So pick something that works for you, um, that feels, um, right or comes naturally as you progress and then make sure that that that's, you're committed to that. Yeah. So this is our little New Year's episode. Yeah. 
I, uh, I appreciate everyone listening to this and bearing in mind that <laughs> there's some distractions we're dealing with as we, as we record this, but we thought it was really important to kind of start the new year off with an episode like this. Yeah, totally. And I think, um, kind of the highlight, like is it your new year, whatever that might look like it's not going to be perfect and I bet everyone's holidays weren't perfect either but it's about kind of deciding okay what what do we want to work towards and how are we going to get there and I think there's great hope in this approach yeah and I really want to give a message of hope that some of this work is really hard Um, but I know from experience uh, and from the people I work with that it can make some pretty amazing changes yeah totally so thank you all for listening thanks for listening and we'll talk to you next week Thanks for listening. If you want to book in a session with one of our therapists, you can go to our website at painpsychotherapy.ca. You can also follow us on Instagram at painpsychotherapy, where me and Anne are posting content daily and are there to respond to your comments. Also, check out our YouTube channel, which is named Tanner Murtaugh MSW RSW.